Hello, hi everybody. Welcome to Football in General. This is Rob Case and Trevor Koppel. Trevor, the weeks keep getting darker. The horizon is set under a, a black mast, my friend. It's well, it's a, it's a sad time right now. You know, no football, not even a trace of a, of a ball being thrown through the air, and yet here we are coming back to entertain the masses. I mean, somebody's got to do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> how do we do it? How do you, how do you, how do we keep putting on shows week to week without any games being played, my friend? How do we do that? Well, you know, there's uh, there's trade speculation, the the combine. Eh. Tom Brady's faster as a forty six year old than he was when he was twenty two. Yeah. 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 Giselle's dating the new guy, right? <laughs> Wait, she she has been, yeah. So that's not new. Um, well, let me let me uh, let's 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 dive right into it here. Uh, you know, we'll get to a lot of different things here today. Psych, there is a show. This is not a one minute show. There'll be a lot of there'll be a fair amount of things we'll touch base on. But uh, you know, we we talked about some stuff last week, man. And I was like, you know, what do you what would you do during this time? What would you do do right? How would you spend your time watching old games? And we talk about some old games to watch. We talk about this. We talk about that. Well, um, I know there's most people here that probably don't want to listen to a New England Patriots podcast, and hence why they're listening to us, right? Because this is not an official New England Patriots podcast. However, Trevor, I know you haven't watched the Dynasty, correct? Apple, no, Apple no TV I, Plus. I, I mentioned uh, last week that I'd try to get to that over the weekend, and I failed. Okay. That's okay. And we talked about last week how I thought it was sort of like the propaganda behind the piece was pretty um, ridiculous, you know? Right. And the way they filmed it and everything. It is rough. Man, Robert it just keeps Kraft's getting film team or whatever. Yeah. 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 And I tell you what, man, it just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I, I don't know how many people are talking about this, but I know it's on Boston Radio. I know actually they've mentioned it on ESPN. I'm I, I'm not lying when I said you should watch it. Look, if you don't like the Patriots, that's fine. And if you're a Patriots homer like me, it's kind of like pornography. And at the same time, you probably followed the Patriots for a very long time. So, you know, a lot of this is kind of skewed in one direction in terms of how information is spread. But, man, I tell you what, I've been watching it this week. Um, I don't quite get what happened to Robert Kraft and Bill Belichick's relationship. Because... They, it's just very contentious, and anytime um, Kraft's on the screen, he's like ripping apart Bill, and Bill like they just show him in like the most loose fitting, terrible suit, with like his collar pulled all the way up to his like his jowls as possible. <laughs> um, he looks he looks like an eighth grader that that was like forced to wear like a business suit to like you know um, picture day like a picture day yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, Dick doesn't want to be there, and they play this really ominous, like weird music the whole time in the background. Every time they show him, uh, it's it's weird, man. It's weird. We, we're talking about the the greatest the greatest dynasty we've seen here, and um, you know, in in the NFL, you know, uh, other than the the Steelers or the they're different Cowboys, but six in twenty years, going to nine in twenty years, it's pretty impressive. And yet, there's so much animosity between the two guys who made it work. Uh, well. Two out of the three guys that made it work the best, you know? Right. Uh, you know, so let me ask you this. Being an outsider, 
and not necessarily following the Patriots as close as I do or a lot of other people might, you know, if you watch this, when, when and if, I should say when and if, right, you watch this documentary, what would be, like, if you saw something like this happen, like, how would you feel about the whole thing? Like, knowing how close they are, even in, even as a peripheral Patriots follower. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, I don't know, I haven't seen it yet, but it, it, it it sounds like it's kind of uh, kind of a jading experience, you know what I mean? Like, like when you're a kid, and I know this isn't the same for everybody. Unfortunately, uh, some some kids see their parents fight all the time. But for me, like the first time I saw a real argument between my parents, it was like, oh my god. Um, so I, I'm wondering if it feels a little bit like that uh, to some of the fans uh, who who are a little surprised that it could uh, get so bad so quickly uh, between Belichick and Kraft. You, you know, it's a good question. I, I sound like a CEO from like a startup company. You know, Trevor, it's a good question. <laughs> and uh, in 1916, Charles Dickens wrote The Tale of Two Cities, right? And in the middle was a road, and it split the two cities apart. And when they could no longer communicate, they became their own entities, you know? Um, I, I, it just, it, it kind of is shocking. Um you know, I guess it's no surprise that any business relationship is as competitive as the one between those two guys could ever dissolve. You know, it shouldn't be a surprise because after so many years of being competitive, you kind of burn each other out with your relationship. You know, when your relationship is based upon a sport and the emotion is sort of drained from each of you in regards of being friendly to each other, right? Because that's all you've been is just sort of in that mode for so many years. It's probably hard to have one when things go bad, you know, because you're so used to being good. And you're so used to driving each other. And when you can no longer do that because you're just at each other's teeth about what should change or what should be done. And you've been doing this for so long, you know. It's just weird to see. I, I don't, I just don't know what else to say. And I think it's going to, I think there's some effect on the NFL community in terms of what we're seeing on the dynasty, you know. Right. In terms of the Michigan Patriots. And it makes me wonder, you know, now I really sound like a CEO from a startup company. You know, Trevor, it makes me wonder uh, <laughs> how how much more of this is going around or going on around the NFL. You know? Yeah, I mean, I I got to think there's probably a lot that we don't uh, that we don't get to see. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure that every time a, an owner. Uh, you know, replaces a GM, replaces a, a head coach. Uh, there's got to be a lot of optimism there, but as to like how quickly and why it might deteriorate into something ugly, um, you know, that's that's you know, let, let's see that on hard knocks. You know. <laughs> yeah, you know what I was getting at is. Yeah, I wonder how much long, how much more is going on around the NFL. Well, we found out today how much is going on around, around the NFL in terms of the NFL PA report cards. Yeah, we talked about maybe not putting it on here. Well, here we are. <laughs> huh. um, you know, or is there anything that stood out to you in terms of when you're looking at the report cards? I didn't have it pulled up in front of you. But we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, the Miami Dolphins and the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, was there anything that stuck out to you 
as far as was like, whoa, that's eye-opening, or that team is one much worse than I thought. Like, what, what did you see? Well, I was, I was a little surprised that the Chiefs were rated as low as they are. Um, I wasn't surprised that the Vikings were near the top. They were at the top last year. Um, and I wasn't surprised to see the Dolphins high on that list, mostly from what I saw on Hard Knocks. Uh, but uh, what I can't help but, but wonder looking at these you know, the 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 rankings of these teams is that you know a, a team where the players are not too happy happens to be the world champion and teams that have a real happy environment people are are happy to be there barely missing the playoffs or first round exit from the playoffs um i don't know if there's anything to that but uh, but I can't help but look in that direction to make sense of uh, you know how the players feel about their team and their facilities and, and everything that they ranked versus how it all shook out on the field. Um, you know, it's kind of like uh, back when uh, you know back when uh, Russell Wilson was competing in Super Bowls, those uh, those Seahawks defenses. You know, they'd be the most penalized defense by far in the league. But they're in the Super Bowl, and they might win, you know. Um, so so what, what, what I'm saying is something we see as bad or negative might actually be a piece of the winning recipe. Um, but, uh, but I'm just spitballing there. <laughs> huh. um, you, you know, I... Because I mean, the thing, well, let's, let me ask, let's let's look real quickly yeah. at uh, at uh, the the Patriots dynasty on, as a whole, um, and I'm, I'm thinking right. more of the uh, the Wes Welker uh, years in that in that dynasty. Like I remember hearing about like uh, you know hear about the Patriot way and you know fun versus winning. Winning is fun. I know you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. Uh, you know the the Patriots weren't heralded as this great place like everybody loves playing for the patriots it's it was more of like like this is extremely rigid and structured and you need to be at the top of your game every day all day or or you're going to get replaced on that team you know and uh i don't think i think it's a little bit of a stretch to turn that into player mistreatment uh but it certainly wasn't Disneyland, you know. Um, so, so yeah. I, I, what, what do you think about all that? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree. I mean, look, dude, you're not, you're not going there to look. Okay, so even just take like the ethos of Boston, right? Sure. I mean, Fox, Foxborough is not in Boston, right? It's what it's an hour west of, of, uh, of Boston. By the way, that's where Foxborough Stadium is. That's where all the facilities are. So, case. In case you're confused, because you'll see the New England Patriots play on primetime. Not much anymore, but when they were playing on primetime a lot, they would do like a cityscape, right? They would show a huge a huge cityscape of Boston, all the areas, whatever. Um, Foxborough is not close to Boston, so keep that in mind, right? Uh, it, it's... The, when, I, when I meant the ethos of Boston, New England, dude, like that's not like a desirable place to live in the country. You know, I mean, look, I'm from new England. 
I get it. I'm just going to say it. It's New Hampshire is beautiful. Vermont. I mean, people like going there. People live there. It's but the taxes are extremely expensive. You know, take a line out of your check. You you, you got a shovel like six months out of the year. It's it's it is expensive to live there in general, right? Cost of living is very high. So the players that went there, dude, like, I, I I don't think it's a coincidence to say that like they didn't go there because of like, well, I. I'm going to go here because my family's going to succeed and this and that. You go there to win, right? You right. go there to play with Tom Brady. You go there to Bill Belichick. And um, there's no doubt that, like, if you sign with New England, that you would always be close to the Super Bowl, you know? So it's not – you know, the, the survey is interesting because – and I'm not – I don't really know how to say this, but, like, if you think about a winning culture, right, like – I, I'm going to assume that a lot of things that are done in a winning culture are not going to be done very easily. And there's going to be a lot of focus on like getting players um, and coaches and among other things, just like personnel to make sure the players are good. I, I would have to imagine that a lot of those franchise owners are not going to be fixated on like stadium upkeep, right? Treatment of your families, <laughs> treatment of a variety of other factors that just like, while they are important, and they might add to a winning culture, um, they're going to be sacrificed when you're building a team. They just are. Right. You know? Right. And I'm not saying the feedback's not, like, valid. Um, I don't play in the NFL, certainly. So, like, I, I, these guys went through it firsthand. I don't know what it's like, and I don't know how important it is to them. But let's be honest. Even if I'm analyzing from, like, a peripheral or, like, a top-down view – you know, this is what happens, man. <laughs> this is this is what happens in winning cultures. You know, uh, Kansas City doesn't have a nice facility. They don't apparently have a lot of nice things in general, <laughs> other than the head coach. But at the end of the day, that's all that matters, because they win. So, so like their weight room is twenty third in the league. Their strength coaches are twenty seventh in the league. Their nutritionist, dietitian is the worst in the league. First off, you're in Kansas City, okay? And the head coach eats cheeseburgers. Come on. You know, um, <laughs> the treatment of families, 18th in the league, locker room, 28th. You, you know, like, none of these things even matter. Like, you can rate them as a player, and who knows how many players they, they surveyed, and there's a variety of things you could say, but you, you know what I mean? It, it, it does, it, these things don't even matter. Like, they're just, like, fodder for us to talk right. about. Right, well... And, you know, and 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 like, I need to uh, remember something that I'm always saying when it comes to uh, like the level of talent at the NFL. I'm like, you could be the worst wide receiver in the league. You're a pretty good wide receiver because you're an NFL wide receiver. Um, somebody has to come in last place in these categories. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, so, you know, just because you're ranked 32nd in you know, treatment of families doesn't mean they're out there, you know, pushing your kids to the ground. Uh, you yeah, know what no. I mean? So like, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I do think that uh, some of these reports I'm seeing, I haven't even really read it, but you see some stinky headlines like, oh, you know, Stephen A rips into the Chiefs for their player treatment. And it's like, is it really, is this all hype? Because it often is with that guy. Um, and uh so, yeah, I, I wonder, like, you know, 
even if you're on a player for the 32nd ranked team and desirability to play for, still probably a pretty good gig, you know? <laughs> well, people still go to Kansas City and they win. Right. They draft good players. So I don't, I guess, and I don't know how these things factor in because, like you said, it like, okay, so what's, and I couldn't help but think, but what is the gap between 32 and first? Right. You know? Right. Like what is what is the gap? Okay, so you're like you're the thirty second best, thirty second worst owner. I mean, and, and I think we can all admit that Clark Hunt is like a complete like scumbag, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, but like, okay, and then like the worst owner and the best owner, like Ziggy Wilf, right? Um, if you've got if you put if you put them side by side, you're gonna be like, well, Clark Hunt's been to like four Super Bowls and won three, and he's built a team, and like they're consistently in the playoffs, and um, the pl- the place is filled. It's the loudest stadium in the con- in the country, and and then you're like, well, you know, Minnesota's been consistently there, I guess, and they have a good head coach, but like, there's nothing to show for it. So right. what what are the categories even matter? Well, and then like, we don't even uh, know. Like one that I I think is a good example is uh, like the uh, the facilities. It's like if you have the 32nd ranked facilities in the NFL, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking of like junior college facilities but that's obviously not going to be the case um yeah that's just that's just how our mind tends to view things when we see something is at the bottom of the of the list it must be terrible and it's like no it's yeah. there's the facility the gap between the best facilities and the worst facilities in the nfl probably not huge you know um and there might be specifics that are that are more significant but i think the 32nd ranked facilities in the NFL are still probably pretty world-class facilities. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I, I don't know what the definition is for an F as opposed to an A. Um, but I, I mean, that doesn't mean there's no room for improvement. <laughs> and it, that doesn't mean we're letting these teams off the hook. I mean, look, dude, you know, like I said, Clark Hunt's a complete scumbag, you know, in a lot of ways. So, I just wonder, like, what's the? But, but let me ask you this: What's the point of putting out a list like this? Oh man, it's it's just. Is there any point to it? it? The the point is that it gets people to uh, to check the websites and the twitters and everything because we're just starved for content. Um, I there's a lot of that stuff. I we're. We're getting close, I think, to the whole, uh, like, the players rank the top 100 players in the league. And it'll shift. I mean, some players will stay where you expect them to, and then other players will shift wildly. Um, and it's really, what's the point, you know? It's it's a popularity. It's not just, it's popularity plus respect uh, within the league. Because uh, it's all... It's all players ranking each other. And so it, in my mind, it should mean more to them than it does to us, but we're the ones that that need it. We need to know because because we don't get any more football for a long time. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess, but it's put out by the NFLPA. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I don't know what their motive could is be. It, is it just like a shame piece? Like, I mean, look how shameful these owners are like or how good they are i I mean these are billionaires dude who cares right right (laughs) they're a bunch of white guys they all suck anyway yeah i was gonna say you know like there's not a a, the the list of of nfl owners that 
that are not scumbags is probably pretty short. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, look how good this team is. They have all these different things. <laughs> um, like their owner ponied up for this, this and that. Like, or they didn't. And it's like, well, they're all like, probably like pieces of crap. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> At the end of the day. <laughs> I mean, like, how, well, how did they get that nice facility? Did they make the taxpayers pay for it? You know? Right. Do they, <laughs> do they make the city pay for it? Was it federal funding? Like, come on, you know? Come on. Come on here. Come on. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. So I have to go on a whole tirade about the NFLPA, but um, I think the players uh, – I, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't – I'm trying to think why the players have put something like this out, and I think it's just – content is understandable. I mean, I, obviously, like, hits on a website are great, but, like – I think it goes beyond that. I think it's just like a, you know, they, the owners are always getting a, a one up on the players, right? Right. And rarely do, do is it ever like the other way around? And maybe this is just a way of getting back at the owners and some of the management staff, and among other things, you know. Right. I I, and I could I see know. in a in a small way this kind of validates the NFLPA. It's like because I mean there are times where it's like, what is the NFLPA doing? <laughs> Um, ever yeah what are they ever doing exactly so this is a small thing that they do i guess <laughs> like they always are like on the back end of some deal from the owners right <laughs> it's crazy it's crazy well i tell you what man there's a lot of people on the back end of their careers at the running back position um we didn't get a chance to really touch base on this last week but i i, I got a chance to look at some of the running backs that were free agents this year and uh I tell you what, it's pretty stark, man. Pretty stark. Um, you know, some of these players are young. Uh, we have some older ones. And it always feels like when I see a list like this where I'm like, well, that dude, holy crap, that guy's free agent, that guy's free agent, that guy's free agent. And it feels like the, the turning of a, new, of a new leaf, almost like a new generation of, of the NFL. You know, 2024, we're about almost ha ha halfway through this decade. And – we're basically getting a new league as we speak, you know, right in front of us. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's interesting when you see players like Derrick Henry and Saquon Barkley as free agents. Uh, what, Like, when you see those guys, I mean, does it make you feel – like, how do, you, how do you feel when you see, like, guys like that as free agents? I mean – Dalvin Cook, you know? Yeah. So Dalvin Cook was maybe the first domino to fall in that group. Um, but even, you know, it uh, depends on how you look at it. Zeke Elliott, uh, he was done before he was done. You know, he just had to kind of write out the, the part of the contract that they needed to swallow. Um, but, yeah, there's, uh, you know, we, we, we see it all the time. We're, we're, it's a little more visible. We discuss it a little more when it happens with a generation of great quarterbacks and they're all done now and, and who are the next, you know, set of really good quarterbacks. It happens with every position group. And we're seeing it happen right now with the running backs. Uh, guys like uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, uh, Derrick Henry, um, you know, Saquon, Saquon Barkley. Barkley. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Nick Chubb, uh, mm. you know, he's still playing good. He didn't have his, he didn't have his typical year this year. Um, so, uh, so that's really kind of where, and, and so that happens a lot quicker. I feel 
You know what I mean? Like, like it doesn't feel that long ago that I was like, oh, because I didn't, I didn't really know who Dalvin Cook was in college. And when the Vikings got him, I was like, oh my God, this guy is amazing. Like, uh, that feels almost like yesterday, but, uh, but it's not, it, that's, that was like seven or eight years ago now. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, it's happening now with the running back position and, uh, you know, you can point to a few of these young guys and say, well, he's going to be good for a long time, but you really don't know. Um, and that's, what's tough with the running backs, uh, when it comes to this sort of stuff is man, by the, by the time you're sure that, that one of these guys is the guy, he's almost already over the hill in terms of, of, uh, his career as a running back. So, uh, you gotta, you gotta identify him early, especially if we're talking, you know, somebody that you can really trust in fantasy or someone you're really glad to have on your team. You want to see your team extend their contract. Uh, it's real tricky with running backs. Uh, not, not just because they don't last that long. Well, I guess it goes hand in hand with the injury rate. You know, you could have uh, a great running back and then one injury, they miss a year, they come back, they're good again, but now they're in their late twenties, you know, um, Mm -hmm. which is, that's, that's pushing it. You know, early thirties is, is really pushing it for a running back. Yeah. 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 Might as well be in a retirement home, right? Right. At that point, there is there is no need to live anymore. Um, how about like Austin Eckler? You know, guys like we're talking Austin Eckler. We're talking, you know, Josh Jacobs, man. Yeah. Josh Jacobs made the list. We're seeing a real turnover at the running back position. I think there's obviously been a switch. We've talked about it before. You can get a guy in the fourth, seventh round. You get a guy undrafted, you know, hypothetically. Right. Um. Well, that's what stood out to me when I was looking at this list is that – well, what really stood out to me, let me ask you this, do you think any of these guys will get signed? I mean, I, I think they will. I just don't think that they're going to be, you know, in the backfield alone. You know, they're, they're, they're most likely going to be part of a running back by committee. Uh, they'll be a younger, more durable guy on the team with them. Um, and and that's, you know – the. The exceptions to this are guys like Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon, uh, who just never really were the bell cow back to begin with, and then all of a sudden they're still doing it in after after ten years in the league. Um, but I mean, even, even those guys aren't going to be around for much longer. Um, they just they just can't be. Um, but yeah, someone like Josh Jacobs, I, I mean. He, even even in his brief career towards the top, it's been up and down. Um, you know, two years ago, people were real uh, real down on Josh Jacobs, thinking that he wasn't going to be the guy again. And then he had another great year this year. Um, so it's uh, it's becoming a really tough position to evaluate. Uh, the more pass happy this league becomes, the bigger the bigger you know tight ends become in the NFL offense. Um, you know, it's, it's crazy to look at it this way, but, you know, 20 years ago, uh, a real dominant running back could command as much of the salary cap as a starting quarterback. We, we've seen it happen. Uh, I saw, saw it happen 
I'm going to say often, but it's not it was not uncommon back in the day that that uh, the running back could be the identity of your offense. Um, and that's just not not the way it is anymore. I, I don't care if you're the best running back in the league. It can't be your whole offense. Uh, Tennessee tried to do it with the only guy in the league that could do it, and it didn't work. Um, so it's uh, – it's a real tough position these days to, to project and to evaluate and, uh, and hats off to these guys for being such gladiators. Uh, cause they're still a big part of what makes the game exciting to watch. Um, I think one name that didn't come up because he's not, uh, not going into free agency. I don't think is uh, Christian McCaffrey, right? Um, no, he's not going into not free going into free agency. No, arguably, no. inarguably, the the top of that position group in the league right now. And uh, you know how many how many seasons do you think he is under contract? Another one or two? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. And, and that's what I mean. Like even there, you know, gone are the days of of. Uh, you know, six-year, $100 million contract like the kind Adrian Peterson got in his A-Day. Um, it's just it's just not as and, – and Chris McCaffrey, he's almost the exception to the rule because uh, he is very much uh, – he's more Dalvin Cook than Dalvin Cook when it comes to, like, using him in the pass game and, and uh, you know, the screen game and stuff like that. Uh, so a, a true north-south downhill running back, it's just not a big enough part of any team's offense anymore, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, Derrick Henry is a total. I say this with all respect. This is a total compliment. He's an absolute freak when it comes to being the most physical running back we've seen in a long time. Um, it's just uh, you know these these NFL. You know the 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 NFL box, the front four, the front seven, whatever you want to call it. They're just they're too good at stopping that between the tackle offense, and uh, it's just it's just changing. The game is changing in in our lifetime. Yeah, yeah, it sure is. I think that's why when I was looking at the list and I was, I, I don't know if the word is surprised, dude, but it's like. Yeah, like I said, it just makes you reflect on like, okay, well, that this is the NFL is changing, you know. Halfway through this decade, it's a completely different league, and a lot of these guys four or five years ago, I'd be like, dude, you'd be lucky to have Derrick Henry on your team. Granted, he's in a, a completely different era of his career, you know. So it's not like, <laughs> you know, in 2019, Derrick Henry or what have you. But um, I, you know, he's 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 six two, six three. I mean, he still runs really well. He got a 91 grade last year in PFF. You know, he's the 38th ranked free agent. Um, I would think he would be, like, a get for anybody, you know? Just given, given like, that and his metrics that ended up playing out. But he's the 30th ranked free agent. And he's the, arguably the highest rated running back. Right. So it's just there's no premium on the position anymore. And, like, okay, McCaffrey was excellent. Um, and arguably probably carried that team last year. But, like... How many guys in the league are like McCaffrey, you know? Right. One? Right. Just him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if there's just one, 
Yeah, so if there's just one running back worth paying in the entire league, let's say, and like maybe Nick Chubb, right? Right. You know, I didn't think I would say this. I didn't think this this conversation would lead here, but maybe this position is antiquated. I mean, it's just it's becoming. I don't know. Antiquated is strong. It's it's heading that direction. I I absolutely agree. Because um, uh, for instance, you know what would be better. Right now, for any team, just the average team, would you rather have Derrick Henry or, like, a true lockdown corner? I mean... Yeah, the latter. Yeah, in this league, <laughs> it's it's just yeah. more important. Um, the the you know, Having a top-tier running back isn't the game-changer that it used to be. Right. No, it's true. It's true, and, and it'll get you the Super Bowl, like we saw with, uh, like in a system. Right. Like Christian McCaffrey in the right system, regardless if he's a good player. Right? He's in the San Francisco 49ers zone blocking system. Right? Um, he's the best, one of the best players in the league, you know? It, it, great, great running back in the right system. I mean, dude, you have like an absolute stud, you know? Right. But when when we need the Super Bowl, we saw what happened. He got nine catches, eighty yards, couldn't run between the tackles, and they just game plan for him. Right. You know. Right. Um, that was it. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's interesting when you look at some of these running backs, man. It's sad. It's sad. That's where we're at. But like you said, I said antiquated. You won't say it, Trevor. I have the hot takes here. <laughs> you know, I get it. I get it. All right. Somebody's gotta. Somebody's got to put some gasoline on the no, fire. No, I can't do you know? it. I'm I'm still nostalgic, even romantic, towards uh, the fullback position. I can't I can't concede that even the running back is antiquated. I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, you're still thinking Mike Allstott's going to come through that door someday to save you. Well, I got to tell you what, he's not. No. He's not coming through that door. <laughs> and neither is Larry Centers, and neither is uh, Sam Gash. You're not going to see. You know, what's, oh, God, William Floyd, you know, Lorenzo Neal, you know, Alan Ricard. Joe Macavica. <laughs> Kyle, you, yeah, yeah, right, <laughs> him. Um, you know, like Jim Kleinsaucer. Oh, you know, Kleinsaucer. I love the Kleinsaucer. Yeah, the Kleinsaucer. Like, the, none of these guys are coming through the door to save the running back fullback position, you know. Um it, it, you know, it's interesting. We'll see where it goes from, like, the next two or three years. Uh, I'm trying to think in the draft. Like, I don't even know who the number one ranked running back in the draft is. Like, I don't even think there's any of them projected to go in the first round. See, Klein Saucer knew. Yeah. Klein Saucer knew which way the wind was blowing. That's why by the end of his career, he was playing tight end. <laughs> <laughs> Smart guy. Yeah, yeah no, absolutely. you see? Absolutely. No. Smart guy. Because uh, yeah. I, I, it was such a silly-looking tight end because he was shaped like a fullback. He was not tall. He was pretty round. He had a big belly on him. Uh, but he had good hands, and he could block. So, uh, so yeah, they moved him to tight end. Good times. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yeah. No, smart guy. He took his uh, advantage of whatever he is, you know, um, and used it to his advantage. He's like a bowling ball. <laughs> Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting, man. I, I don't. I, I think it's an antiquated position. I'll go out and say it. Um, and B. John Robinson's really good. But you know, you, you like. I think that's the point. That's the point I'm making. It's not that it, maybe the position is antiquated. Is that the athlete that used to be a running back is antiquated? You know. Right. You 
you have to be like an absolute game breaker or like Christian McCaffrey. Right. You either have to do it all or you have to be like a guy that can just like hit hit like 70 yards in a run, you know? Yeah. Because there there's no – why would you want anybody else, you know? So, well, um, anyway, moving on, right? Some other things I noticed about this free agent list. Um, pretty interesting. Some – well, my, my, since we're on the topic of old guys that are getting out of the league, apparently, maybe got a couple more years in them, you know, maybe if we're lucky. Um, I found a couple on this list uh, I thought was interesting. You know, let's start with um, Stefan Gilmore was on this list of free agents. Got ranked kind of high. I didn't know he had a good year in Dallas last year. I'm not sure how old he is. 30, 34, um, 75 PFF. Um, Stefan Gilmore, man, former Defensive Player of the Year, uh, arguably the best best cornerback in the NFL for three four years, and has jumped around a little bit since then. Um, but has actually played decent football, you know, considering. But um, once again, our, our friends of yesteryear are on their way out and potentially getting one more contract. So, Stephon Gilmore, um, and one that really caught my eye that I think you'll be interested in discussing: uh, Levante David and Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, uh, man, and again, it just goes to show how fast this league moves. Because um, I remember when these guys were like rookies, you know, um, and I feel like with these guys being, you know, linebackers and edge rushers, uh, there's a little more. Uh, possibility for longevity based on uh nfl experience nfl knowledge you know what i mean um there's a learning curve for these guys on defense um you don't see it all the time but you do see it every year with uh you know guys that you can't believe they're still playing the game uh levante david uh larry david as i like to call him uh I mean, he's yeah. he's just such a – he's got such a mind for the game that I feel like he's got more to offer than just, you know, his 40 time and his ability to lay a big hit on somebody. Um, so I expect he's going to get scooped up and he will play somewhere. Um, Jadavian Clowney, man, he's he's had a really – his career has been very contentious, I think is the word I'm looking for, in terms of whether or not he ever really played up to the expectation uh, coming out of college where he was the Honey Badger. Is that his name in college, right? No. I got no, these guys mixed Tyron up. Tyron Matthew. Oh, sorry. I got those two mixed up. Never <laughs> yeah, mind. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, but, but Clowney. He went to, uh, Clowney went to um, South Carolina. Remember he had that huge hit on that Michigan running back? Oh, yeah. And then as soon as oh, that happened, yes. they were like, he's going on one overall. He wasn't even like projected to go that high. And then like that hit happened and everybody was like drooling over him, basically. Right. You know? And then didn't he so. didn't he play next to uh T J Watt for a couple J- of seasons? T J Watt. J J Watt. J J Watt. J J Watt. Um yeah. and uh and that duo didn't really produce the way people thought it would. Um Right. So I feel like Clowney, man, his 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 value was much more tied to his brute force. And the older he gets, the less that's going to be there. 
Um, so if I'm if I'm looking to, you know, old timer free agency to try and round out my defense, I'd be much more apt to taking uh, a Levante David than a Jadavian Clowney. That's just how I see the two. Yeah, I, I, well, I think in his role, like, okay, so I'd rather have Javion Clowney had 11 sacks last year, right? Not bad. Um, not bad, right? Not best, bad. Best, probably the best year of his career, honestly. And, but he had that coach that went to Seattle, Mike McDonald. It was like an absolute defensive whiz. Um, at, you know, like, I take him. He's going to keep signing one-year contracts for, like, the rest of his career. Right, right. <laughs> I assume he's going to go to Seattle, but – Nonetheless, you know, like, um, it's just interesting, man. We're talking about guys that are kind of like on the, the way out. And like I said, we got a new NFL coming. Our, our, uh, it's, it's, it's turning into, I mean, like Michael Thomas is a free agent, you know? Right. Right. Oh New, man. New Orleans saints. Yeah. What happened to him? You know? Well, so he didn't this play, is... he didn't play for like two seasons. Right. Yeah. 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 It's pretty wild. Yeah, wild stuff. I mean, we're free agents, but uh, you know, it's like in our direction. Um, but you know, it's it's crazy. But no, Levante David. Uh, that to me tells me that Tampa Bay really is committed to holding on to uh, Antoine Winfield Jr. Um, and that that's that's one of the things they're going to have to address on defense is that middle linebacker position. Yeah, you know, and and Devin White's a free agent too. Devin White, absolutely, a, another yeah. great. And he had a terrible year. Yeah. Well, used to be great. Yeah. Uh, that's what. Yeah, used to, <laughs> used to be. Used to. Yeah, had a bad year last year. I, I mean, I guess like really bad from what I was reading. But, um, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Tampa. We were talking about Tampa in the last show, and and I guess I didn't realize how many pieces are going to be out of that out of that team, you know. Um, but potentially Baker Mayfield, we talked a little bit about him. He could get 40 a year, you know. Um, we mentioned Levante David, Devin White, Anton Winfield. If he doesn't get tagged, it could be, golly, man. I mean, we're looking at, you know, basically a whole new Tampa Bay Buccaneer team. Mike Evans could be gone. Chris Godwin could get traded. Um, you know, this is kind of a, a, think, a rebuilding team for I think Vita Vea, team that went to the uh, Vita Vea. Could, could be out. Um, I think that they'll yeah. hold on to Vita Vea. Um, I was actually looking at, they were replaying some of his, uh, combine, uh, video cause he's, he's had an amazing combine, uh, when he was coming into the league. Um, you know, I think he put the bench press up like 40 times. It was just absurd. Um, Jesus. Yeah. But, uh, no, uh, yeah, they've, they've got, things to work with, but man, there's just going to be a lot of turnover on that defense. A lot of turnover on that team. Yeah. <laughs> you know, um, it's, it's wild to think about that Tampa was a divisional round team last year and they're, they'll probably go like four and 13. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only cause they have, they just have so many veterans. Like it, they're just like, you either have to go on from now or like try to figure it out for another year. You know? Right, and it doesn't really make sense. I mean, the only reason you try to figure it out for one more year is if you think you can that there's a chance you can go all the way. Because um, if if you don't think you can go all the way, why delay what's coming for one more year? Um, 
Uh, there might be an answer to that, but I, I don't see a reason. So, yeah, I think uh, I think they're going to stick with Baker Mayfield. I think Baker Mayfield's going to do the best that he can there. Um, but uh, but yeah, I think if I'm if I'm general manager in Tampa Bay, it's time to to pull the trigger and start building around uh, guys like Antoine Winfield Jr., who could be there for another ten years. If he has half the longevity that his father had, uh, he could be an absolute menace in the in the defensive backfield for another ten years. Yeah, no question, man. That's uh, it's pretty wild. I mean, considering how good he is, and we could look be looking at like a full teardown in Tampa potentially. Absolutely. Yeah, and and to be honest with you, I'm not even sure. Well, let me get your, you know, okay. So I know Baker Mayfield's your boy, right? Twenty eight touchdowns, ten interceptions last year. Made a divisional playoff. Um, I, 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 we could assume a decent leader, right? Good leader of men. Sure. <laughs> um, worth forty million. This was going to get. Ooh, I mean, that's how fast it moves with what quarterbacks are worth in this league. Because forty million sounds like top tier money, and the truth is, it's just not anymore. Um, it's close, but I mean, if uh, if you're restructuring. Like, like, what did Lamar Jackson just get? Close to, like, 58 a year? Uh, yeah, like, absurd. Yeah. yeah. So, so 40 a year for, you know, not fully guaranteed and for not five years, um, that's doable at this, at this point in the league for a quarterback like Baker Mayfield coming off the year he just had. Um, you know, it, it, you know, I, I kind of, flinch at first when you say 40 but it actually is pretty reasonable it's not a deal it's not like they're getting a steal on him uh but it's it's pretty reasonable yeah um <laughs> i mean i i don't i mean i i guess uh if you're what are we going what, what are we going by just that like 40 is like an average well, like like, uh, like right now, I think the number getting tossed around in Minnesota to keep Kirk Cousins is like thirty-eight, and it no. might not be enough to keep him. He might go play for more somewhere else. Um, so yeah, so forty, forty is kind of the you know thirty-eight is uh, you know if, if Kirk because he's throwing this term around to the hometown hometown discount, meaning he'll play for a little less than he's worth because he doesn't want to leave because he's got a great family with young kids and they love where they are. And so he'd rather just not uproot his family to go make, you know, $3 million more million a year somewhere else. Uh, so, um, so right now 38 million is considered the bargain price for a good quarterback. Um, so, yeah, that's just how much they command right now. Uh, I think forty million is. I, I'm not saying that I consider those two to be equal. Um, I, I do still consider Kirk Cousins to be a, a better quarterback at this point, uh, much closer to the end of his career than uh, than than Baker Mayfield is. But uh, but I think Baker Mayfield, you know. Where 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 the where the nuance comes in is incentives and you know how much is fully guaranteed. I guess fully guaranteed is fully guaranteed. How much is guaranteed uh, versus the incentives? 
that sort of stuff. Uh, a base salary of $40 million for one year from Baker Mayfield uh, doesn't seem terrible. I mean, as long as he doesn't have a terrible regression or you know doesn't doesn't earn his money because of how much turnover the roster is seeing uh those are things that uh that the front office really need to get down in the weeds with um but uh but no i think 40 million is pretty reasonable yeah (laughs) maybe i just can't justify it i mean the number does sound high you know, I mean, it, you do it's sort a of lot like of money. It is a lot of money when, when you hear that, you know, and, and, and in reality, it's not like terribly a lot of money for an NFL quarterback, considering the, the positional, um, you know, significance and um, the, the, the NFL increased its cap to two hundred and fifty five million dollars this year. So each team got a thirty million dollar raise, you know. Right. Yeah. So like, you know, I feel like, oh, well. Tampa's going to pay 40 for they get their quarterback back. Like, well, they just got $30 million to do that. <laughs> right. So it's really not that, not that unfathomable, you know? So, um, and there's a, there's probably going to be a lot more teams that are going to be able to make little moves here for veterans, you know? Right. You could see a team like, like Kansas city, like, okay, they tag with Jerry Snee and trade him. Cause they're not going to pay him 15, 20 million a year. It'd be a corner, but then they go out and sign, like Bobby Wagner and Jadavion Clowney and like a few other guys, you know, and really add to that championship roster and make another run. Wouldn't that be cr- something? Oh man. <laughs> God. <laughs> right. Right. Or if you're like a team like Atlanta, like, well, how are we going to fit Kirk Cousins in? We only got this much cat space. We just got another 30, you know? So do you think the free agency is going to be really competitive given the extra 30 million that every team has, they're going to kind of stretch it or what do you, I mean, I, I feel like it's going to be competitive every year um yeah but uh you know the what what becomes interesting you know it it's it's recent but it's it's almost established now like the the most valuable position after quarterback is edge rusher and and that's that's debatable the quarterback being the most valuable is not debatable but uh, but the second most value is debatable. But right now, it's by the numbers, it's edge rusher, and so the Vikings have a real problem right now uh, on what to do with Daniil Hunter, who is expected to command twenty five million plus on the on the free agency. That's another huge chunk of that two hundred and fifty five that you're talking about when you're talking about a fifty three man roster. Um, so. So that's the one, as of, you know, uh, we didn't get to talk much about this yet this week. Uh, the, the Vikings GM has been very vocal about uh, not wanting to trade uh, Justin Jefferson, which is music to a Vikings fan's ears. We're always worried that we're going to trade away another Stefan Diggs, trade away another Randy Moss. Um, so, you know, they're saying, you know, they want to pay him what he what he deserves, and so we like hearing that. We haven't seen it yet, um, but he's made that cl- a clear priority. Uh, but then you have these other situations, like the Kirk Cousins situation, and if Kirk Cousins isn't the guy, should we be, you know, who should we be going after, or who should we be talking to about trading up to get a quarterback? Because we don't have a franchise quarterback pick in the draft, and then 
there's still the Daniil Hunter situation, 25 million plus to play edge rushers. You know, and, and I mean, you carry four edge rushers most of the time. Um, you need two starters and two backups and, and 25 million to, to play D end. That's just I, I, good for him. I, I think he deserves it. The, the problem is, is that you can't, you can't pay every, you know, the salary cap is the equalizer in this league. Um, you can't just say we're, we're going to spend the most money. So we're going to go win the Super Bowl Cause we've got, you know, four $25 million edge rushers and a, Sixty million dollar a year quarterback, and you know all these you know fancy toys to to put out on the field. Um, so yeah, free agency is uh, it's going to be a dogfight this year, but I think it is every year. <clears throat> yeah, um, <laughs> there's no question. I mean, like it's fun and free agency is fun, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, the reason it's dogfight, you guys. I mean, you know, let's be honest. They've been they're probably. Um, Negotiating the rates as we speak, you know, they've been negotiating these rates for a while, you know, the free agency. So it's, uh, it's interesting how it just all comes together. <laughs> wow. Look at all these deals, man. They just came out of nowhere. Right. Uh, you know, did they? Um, but, uh, you know, it, yeah, it's always a dog fight, man. I just feel like it's going to be more of a rock fight this year. You know, I gotcha. like we're, yeah, it's just going to be a lot more competitive. There's going to be a lot more money out there. This is the highest the cap's ever gone up. Thirty million dollars, you know, it went up like ten it's, last year. It's big per team. Yeah, that's that's pretty huge. It's pretty big. Um, you know, if you're a team like the Patriots, you know, you got a hundred million dollars to spend. Um, what does that say about your team? Not sure. <laughs> it's usually not a good sign, you know, considering. Um, and uh, you're going to be in a fight to get some of these guys. They're going to fill out your roster with like teams that shouldn't be able to pay anybody, you know. But here they are. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. Well, let's uh, let's end off with one more guy that should be on the move this week. There's been reports uh, of Justin Fields, um, and we don't we can't confirm this yet. But there was an Instagram uh, reel shared by his agent where he kept saying, "I'm going home, going home, jumping up and down." He's from Georgia, in case you didn't know, and uh, could be a trade swung by Atlanta, but you can't announce that yet until the new new seat, new uh, blah, blah, blah. easy for me to say new NFL year starts, which I believe is in a few weeks, like week week or two, you know. So uh, let's say he goes to Atlanta, right? He could go to Pittsburgh. Could go. I mean, he's not staying in Chicago. I think that's pretty obvious. Well, you know? I mean, um, it just it it's it hasn't worked out for him. I mean, I've, I've seen flashes, even, even a few games in a row where he looks like he could be the future of that franchise, but it has not worked out that way. And with the draft capital that Chicago has, um, it, it could in, in hindsight, they could be making a big mistake. It could look like a big mistake trading him to a place like Atlanta. He might have a lot of success there. And if they draft, uh, a top three, you know, quarterback this year. And it just, it's, you know, we see it all the time. Just because you're drafting in the top three doesn't mean the quarterback you pick is going to be the guy. Um, it could look, could look really bad in hindsight for Chicago, but right now it does look like the right thing to do. It's not working between Justin Fields and Chicago. They have uh, a ton of draft capital, including a top three pick. If not, it would, are they picking number one? 
Yep. Yeah, so they've got the number one overall pick. Um, so as it sits right now, it looks like the right thing to do. Get get even more draft capital. Um, or, or I don't know what they might be getting from, from Atlanta. Maybe it's a... Maybe it's more of a player for player than draft capital for a player. But either way, get some value out of this guy who's not going to be your guy. And uh, so for right now, it looks like a win-win to me. It looks like the best thing for Justin Fields and the best thing for the Bears. Um, But only time will tell whether or not it's good for either of them. Yeah, you know, it's interesting – I would like to see him go to Atlanta. I think I think he deserves another chance, man. He's 24. You know, he, he starting quarterback in the NFL has tremendous athleticism. Um, just, <laughs> you know, tough situation in Chicago. I laugh because we say that every, like, two or three years. No, Boy, and, it's a tough situation No, And, and that's, that's exactly why I have to agree with you in terms uh, of, like, I'd love to see him yeah. go somewhere and at least get another chance, uh, even if I'm yeah. not – you know, rooting for him every week. I think he deserves another chance. He's a tremendous athlete, and as far as I can tell, he's a good guy. Um, yeah. So, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, man, we, we it's easy to judge him in the season for for what we see, but then it's like, yeah, he's he's in Chicago, you know. Uh, it's a yeah. tough, tough place to succeed no matter who you are because it's just kind of a dumpster fire there. Um, and, and it has been for a while. I, you know, I, I thought maybe he'd be the guy to turn it around, but, uh, it it didn't, didn't work out that way. And, and I did like, you know, I, I even praised some of the moves they were making, uh, you know, prioritizing getting him some weapons over, you know, winning everything with defense is the way they've tried to do it since 1985, um, and uh and yeah so it, yeah i think it's the best thing right now is he gets a shot with a new team with a new new offensive coordinator new head coach um and the bears can go back to the drawing board <laughs> well and it's like <laughs> you know it's like they got him everything he needed Right, right. You got running well, backs. You got a decent offensive line. You got DJ Moore. You got Darnell Mooney. You got Cole Komet. You got. Uh, I mean, I, I, I'm sure there's other, Byron Pringle. You know, like I think they drafted another tight end. Like they got they picked a left tackle last year, right tackle the year before. So um, I mean, look, it's yeah. We say, like I said, we say that every year in Chicago. Oh, it's a difficult situation to succeed there in Chicago. Well, it's not going to be that much difficult anymore. Right. Well, and, you know? and that's like, the thing. It, it, this year, it certainly didn't look like the issue could be player personnel. And that kind of just puts it on coaching. You know, is it? Do they, I, need, I guess. Do they need a better Justin, OC, a better quarterbacks coach? Like, I don't know what's going on there. Um, yeah. So maybe, you know, if they bring in a, a number one overall quarterback and, and, you know, when the NFC North will have an answer to that question. It was Justin Fields was the problem. Um, but my gut tells me that that's not it. <laughs> and maybe, maybe that's the Vikings fan in me that just doesn't want to believe that the, that the bears are one uh, first overall pick away from, from dominating the division. Um, but, uh, but it's an interesting one to, to keep an eye on season to season. <laughs> Seven and ten, man. I mean, they they made a run at the end of last year. Were they eight nine? They might have been eight nine. Seven and ten. 
Not, not quite sure. Yeah. Um, they were they eight nine? Oh no, seven and ten. Right, made a run at the end of last year. Won four or six. Barely lost to Cleveland. Barely lost to the Green Bay. Beat Minnesota, Detroit, Arizona, Atlanta. You know, had some tight games throughout the year. Yeah, just bad coaching, probably. I, you know, they're gonna have to do. They're gonna have to put in. You know, Caleb Williams in here, and they got another pick at ten, and they could they could be a playoff team. That's that's crazy, but that's that's probably true. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> okay. Well, I tell you what, we'll keep an eye on it moving forward. That's right. So, well, I tell you what, man. You know, we got another two weeks before the NFL free agency starts. Hopefully, we'll have uh, enough for a show next week. And um, it's exciting time of the year. Look, it's the, the dark times. We get endure a month of dark times, and then we go into this really, really amazing frenzy for the next like two months of just crazy news and like wild salaries and guys and dudes and. Dudes just ripping bongs, and they get don't get drafted tenth overall anymore. They go down to the fifth round somehow, you know. <laughs> it's uh, it's uh, kind of like NFL Christmas. That's right. Then you know, then after the draft, we get uh, you know, as is tradition, we'll get a bunch of uh, Aaron Rodgers stories to to oh, to chew on before right. before the season starts. <laughs> Right, he really was the gift that kept on giving. So, but uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, we'll, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm bracing for it this year. You know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. bracing for the Aaron Rodgers news cycle to come back this off season and be like, well, we still have yet to see the Aaron Rodgers Jets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, Miko Hardman said some things about it. We didn't get to it this week. It's all right. Maybe <laughs> next week. So, well, uh, anything else to leave on the table, my friend? Uh, no, no, it's just, it's been, uh, it's been good, uh, getting back to it, you know, go, going through these with you. Cause, uh, you know, we, we're, we've got each other to lean on. I'm talking to you, the audience, uh, we're going to get through these dark days and, uh, and I'm, I'm already getting excited for, for everything that's going to shake out this off season. Well, until the next off season, we'll still be here. Still talking football. <laughs> and until then. We're out.